Let us pray. Lord, we thank you that we are all part of your wondrous and marvelous creation. We thank you for the life that you have breathed into each one of us. And we ask that as we hear your word that was written for us today, that we come even more alive, that something within us is sparked, and that we draw closer to you. Bless the reading of the word, bless the hearing of it, and as we turn our attention to what your spirit has to say to us today, we ask that you clear away all the distractions that may compete for our attention. Bless this time. Make this a holy time. A holy time set apart for you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Please stand if you are able for the reading of the word. Our scripture today comes from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking, to the breaking of bread and to the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who had believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. This summer we're going through the book of Acts uh, because we are talking about the mission of the church, the purpose of the church, how to reclaim our vision, how to align that vision with that of, of Jesus Christ, and understanding that the work that we do is actually carrying out his mission that he sparked uh, while he walked the earth. And, and, and the book of Acts gives us a good model to follow for that because the book of Acts is essentially the story of the early church. It was how it was uh, born, how it was created, uh, what its mission was, how it functioned. And so it's, it's good for us to sometimes sort of hit the reset button and come back to Acts and look at this so that we can understand our purpose better. We can understand our mission and, and not just what the mission is, but how to live it out in the world around us. Now, uh, Luke wrote the book of Acts. And if you were here last week, you remember we, we talked about what happened at Pentecost. When Peter was preaching, uh, people started speaking in tongues. The Holy Spirit fell on them. 3,000 uh, souls came, came to know Jesus that day, and, um, and that, that was the event of Pentecost. Well, Luke takes a little break from the, uh, the story here. He takes a break from the unfolding drama of the early church and instead just gives us a glimpse into what their day-to-day -day operations were like. And he says here that they were devoted. 
He, he shows us, he, he, he gives us a clue what the model for the church was. And that model was them being devoted. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching. They were devoted to fellowship. They were devoted to the breaking of bread. And they were devoted to prayers. The word devoted means an intense effort. It involves commitment, an intense effort. They were locked in on these things. Now, if this was the model of the early church, the church that, um, that, that grew into what it is today and, and the church that is to become the, the body of Jesus Christ in the world, then obviously it's something we need to pay attention to because it should be a model for us. So we're going to look today at what it means to be radically devoted to these things. Now, when it says that they were devoted to the teachings of the apostles, um, that kind of gets glossed over, but that is a very, very exclusive statement. Today, people tend to think of Christians as intolerant and exclusive, and we, we are narrow-minded, and, and they say we're bigoted, and they have all these, these words, these negative words to describe how they think of us, and it basically comes down to the fact that we are very specific. Now, this is nothing new. This has been going on since the days of the early church. Since the days of the early church, people were saying Christians are narrow-minded and they're too exclusive and yada, yada, yada. The reason they say that is because we have a very specific truth that we believe and that cannot be compromised. When it says they were devoted to the teachings of the apostles, you have to understand there were all kinds of, of teachings and thoughts and philosophies going on during their time. Just within the sect of Judaism, there was all kinds of uh, different branches and teachings going on. And then you had, even in Christianity, you had the things like the Gnostics and the Essenes and, and, and all these different branches sort of breaking off. And the early church was committed, they were devoted to exactly what the apostles taught. And we say, what is that? What does that mean to be devoted to the apostles' teachings? Well, the apostles' teachings are basically the New Testament, the gospel, the story of Jesus Christ as told by the apostles, the epistles written by Paul and Peter and James and John. But it's also the Old Testament read in light of all of that. You see, when Jesus, uh, after the resurrection, when he met his apostles on the road to Emmaus, he started telling them, this is what happened in the Old Testament and this is how Jesus Christ fulfilled it. This is what, what this meant, how you've always interpreted it. This is what it means now. And when Peter preached at Pentecost, what he said was, uh, you've heard it said in Joel that the, your young men would prophesy, your daughters would prophesy, your old men would dream dreams, and now the day has come. And so Peter was taking the Old Testament and then saying, there's a new light to shine on that, the light of Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden we have a new understanding of all of these things. But if the early church was not devoted to these teachings and to this understanding, it would have wiltered. They would have been blown about with every wind of doctrine that tickled their ears. Karl Barth was a, a great theologian in the 20th century. He started off fairly uh, progressive. In fact, some people have... He never made this claim, but some people have made the claim that he might have been a universalist uh, early on in his life. But as he continued to teach and write, 
Uh, his, his theology got more refined and more biblical, and by the end of his life, he was an evangelical. And, uh, and he, he, one of his greatest claims was that we know nothing about God. We cannot know anything about God unless it is through the revelation given to us through Jesus Christ. In other words, you can sit there and, and come up with ideas and philosophies and formulate opinions about God, but you're never going to know God unless Jesus Christ reveals something to you personally, deeply, in your heart. Jesus made the statement not long before he was crucified, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, there's been a lot of controversy around that statement. People have tried to explain it away or or twist it or, or reinterpret it. But the simple fact of the matter is Jesus said no one comes to the Father except through him. No one can know what salvation looks like, what forgiveness is, what atonement is. No one can know the mysteries of God and his love and his grace unless they experience it through Jesus Christ. And not just by reading about it, but by having that revelation on your heart. It becomes embodied We can't just hear it passively. It becomes an active listening. And that's what it means when it says the church was devoted to their teachings. They were committed fully, intensely. They didn't just show up and listen and nod their head. They heard it. They cherished the words and then they embodied it. And they let those words reveal something about God to themselves. And then they went and they shared that word. It changed how they lived in the world around them. Is that how we do? Is that how we hear the Word of God? We live in an age of information, easy access. We think that we are experts on anything that we just Googled. If we want to know about a historical figure, if we want to know how something played out in the course of history, whatever, we'll Google it, we'll look at a Wikipedia page, and within five minutes, we are experts, right? Or maybe we'll read a book. We'll actually commit the time to read a book. That's almost unheard of these days. But we'll commit the time to read a book, which involves a day or two of reading about something. So then we're really an expert. But it doesn't work that way. In order to truly know something, in order to truly be informed and shaped by something, we have to devote ourselves to it, commit ourselves to it. It can't be a nugget of information we grab and stick up here. It has to be something that we wholly commit ourselves to, something that we hunger for and place in our hearts so that it changes us. In the biblical times, especially in the Old Testament days, there would be kings, pharaohs, Herods, who would have someone who worked for them, someone in their employ, who fed them grapes. I'm not kidding. These people would lay on a mat, and in all their wealth and all their privilege, they would have someone stand over them and drop grapes into their mouth while they were hungry. There's a proverb that says, the lazy man buries his hand in the bowl. It wearies him to bring it to his mouth. Now that's funny, but then when we think about how we approach Scripture the teachings of the apostles, the teachings of Jesus Christ, are we guilty of doing the same thing? 
Do, are we content to sit there and allow somebody else to feed us little morsels of it from time to time? Or are we truly hungry for it? When we are truly hungry, our senses are refined, they are sharpened. The Native Americans used to say that, that when you went out into the woods and you were, you were hunting, the hungrier you were, the better you were going to be at, hungry, at hunting because your senses were sharpened. You're, you were in survival mode. You were so hungry that you were, go, you were locked into your target and you were going to come back with something. That's the kind of intensity that the early church had for the teachings of Jesus Christ and the teachings of the apostles. They were so hungry for it, they locked in with, with a certain kind of intensity, and they embodied it. They weren't content just to have morsels dropped into their mouth from time to time. They hungered for it. Can we say the same about the church today? And we talked about that last week. Are we truly hungry for the Holy Spirit? Do we truly crave it? If not, we can pray for that hunger. We can pray for that craving. That's a prayer that I believe God will always answer. Now, when you look at this passage, one thing that Luke says, in the midst of this radical devotion, he says, every day people were added to their number. Wouldn't that be wonderful if every single day, not just on Sundays, but every single day we had new people joining the church? We're in a state of decline all across America in the church, and, and people are running around like their hair is on fire. They don't know what to do about it. The church is, is dying. It's shrinking. It's shrinking. But the truth is, we are not living that spirit-filled life, that authentic life, that fully devoted life that attracts people. In our world, there is so much inauthenticity, so much phoniness, so many politics that people crave authenticity. And when people were added every day to the number of the early church, it's because they knew there was something very authentic about this. There was something very real. These people, these followers of this, this Jesus Christ, they didn't just say some nice stuff that they believed. They were committed to something. They were devoted intensely. They were hungry for something, and it showed. It showed through their actions, the way they lived their life. Their devotion caused them to live life in the spirit, not according to the flesh. Luke says that they lived uh, sharing their possessions, selling their possessions, taking the money, and then evenly distributing it according to their needs among each other. Some people have taken that passage and said that it applies socialism or communism or something. It doesn't. Socialism, communism, capitalism, all of those are systems created by humans. They're all regulated, they're all enforced, and they are, they are from, born from the mind of humans as a certain system that they, they build their government around. But this, what the early church was doing, it was led by the Spirit. This wasn't a man-made system. This was a God-made system where they were so committed to growing in the Spirit, and they were so committed to growing with each other in the Spirit, that their radical devotion became radical generosity. It was voluntary. It was because the Spirit, they had devoted themselves to these Scriptures and, and internalized them and embodied them and it changed them from the inside and now the way they lived their life was different. 
And it certainly made an impression on everyone around them. That's why their number was added to daily. So when we look at this, we see that a healthy church has a deep commitment to the Lord. A healthy church has a deep commitment to the Scriptures. Not just the Scriptures, but also a Christ-centered understanding of the Scriptures. And I think that's very important in our biblically illiterate age. You hear things all the time, people pass off and say, well, that's from the Bible. And oftentimes it's not. They'll say, cleanliness is next to godliness. Haven't you read the Bible? Well, haven't you read the Bible? That's not in there. Or, uh, God helps those who help themselves. That's, that's a good statement, not in the Bible. If we, if we knew our Bibles, if we studied that, uh, we would know that. But we live in a biblically illiterate age, and that's part of the problem with the church. We are not deeply committed to scriptures. A healthy church also has a deep commitment to each other. And not just the others that are in the local church, not just those around us, but others outside the church. When others were added each day, when new members were added to the early church, uh, they were treated just like somebody who had been there since day one. They were part of the body of Christ. And the healthy church has a deep commitment to prayer. And we see that in the book of Acts when, when the disciples start delegating people so they can commit themselves more deeply to prayer. You see, this, this is radical devotion. They gave their whole lives, their thoughts, day to day, moment by moment, they gave their thoughts to prayer, to the scriptures, to the teachings of Jesus Christ and his apostles, to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread. That is radical devotion. And if we live like that, if we commit ourselves in that way, our life will be transformed from the inside out. And people around us, they won't see us as phony. They'll look at us and say, what is going on? That is something real in a world where everything seems phony. And I would love to have a part in that. When we see the type of evangelism that took place there in the first days of the church. We have to say, well, it's because the Holy Spirit was moving on a scale and on a level that it never had before and, and, and maybe not ever since. The Holy Spirit was free to convict, to persuade, to teach, to give hope to an alarmingly increasing number of people every day. But if we really get down to it and really understand what was happening, the Holy Spirit had that freedom to move in that way because the followers of Jesus Christ were radically devoted. They were giving an intense effort to sound teaching, to active and intense listening, to embodying Scripture, and to constantly praying and radically giving. What would happen if the church today lived like that? What would happen if we all became radically devoted? I believe that if the church became radically devoted like it was in its earliest days, we would again see the Holy Spirit move in miraculous ways, ways that, that we probably haven't even seen in our lifetime. But the question is, are we content with sound bites? Are we content with nuggets, with morsels? Are we content to come and just grab a good word and let that carry us over until 
the next day or until the next week? Or do we want to be hungry? Do we crave the Word of God and do we want that Word to transform us from the inside out? Reclaiming the mission of the church is only the first part of what we do. We must radically devote ourselves to living in the Spirit, to being transformed by the Spirit. We must devote ourselves to the Word of Jesus Christ if we long to see that mission take place. Let us pray. Lord, we ask your forgiveness for all the times that we've been content to just sit back and allow others to spiritually feed us. Lord, we ask that you create in us a deep hunger, a hunger to go out and pursue holiness, to pursue your word and to take that word in and let it transform us. We're tired of living in the flesh. It does us no good. We fall backwards more often than we fall forwards. And so, Lord, we ask that you help us to live according to your spirit. Create in us a clean heart and create in us a desire, a thirst, a hunger, devotion to you and you alone so that we can live according to your spirit and we can be transformed as well as those around us. We pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Our hymn of invitation this morning is from your Cokesbury hymnal. That's the brown one. Hymn number 54, I Need Thee Every Hour. And we do need Christ every hour. So if you've made a decision of any type today, I invite you and encourage you to come forward and share that with us. The altar is always open if you would like to just come spend some time here. But please stand if you are able and join us in singing hymn number 54, I Need Thee Every Hour. <laughs>